Hello and welcome to Love Mondays Club podcast. I'm your host Helen and I'm here to help you unravel the mysteries of marketing so that you can get more eyes on your business and make more sales. This is the ultimate podcast for online female business owners who are ready to conquer their overwhelm, discover their confidence and unlock the secrets to marketing success. Whether you're just starting out or already running a thriving business, Love Mondays Club is your compass to navigate this ever-changing digital world. Each episode, I'll bring you valuable insights, expert interviews, and practical strategies to help you stand out in a crowded online marketplace. It's time for you to dream big and succeed. I want your Mondays to be overflowing with inspiration, excitement, and setting the stage for you achieving your dreams. So if you're ready, cozy up in your favorite spot and get ready to unlock your business potential. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, which is all about how to uncover your unique selling points or USP as we more commonly refer to it. I wanted to talk to you about this today because this is such an important part of your messaging and your marketing and helping you to stand out. But I also know from my own experience and from working with many, many clients with this, that actually this can also be one of the most difficult things to identify in your business. Because quite often we know what our services are. We feel like we know what we want to do, how we want to help people. But the next part or the next kind of struggle that we face is thinking about, well, how am I going to stand out, especially for us with online businesses? Like it's a really busy online world out there. There are lots of people maybe doing similar things to what we're doing. And actually sometimes social media in particular can really make us feel like we're in a bit of an echo chamber and we're surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands of people all doing the same thing. So one of the things that I really help my clients with is getting them to think about identifying their unique selling points and then weaving that into their marketing so that they can stand out. Now, like I say, this is easier said than done. And one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this episode this week. So this hadn't actually been on the schedule, but I shuffled things around because I felt like it was an important message to share. So back in July, we closed the doors to Love Mondays Club. And for all of the new members, I've been doing bonus one-to-one strategy sessions with them just to kind of get them going with their marketing. In the space of two different sessions, two clients said something to me that really stood out. One of them said, how do you do this so easily? And the other one joked, you know, you should do this for a living, Helen. Now, this isn't me tooting my own horn. If anything, it actually really got me thinking about myself and my unique selling points and what makes me stand out. Now, alongside supporting all my clients this summer, one of my big things on my to-do list was to also sort out my own website, sort out my own messaging, my about me page, all these sorts of different things. And I'm not going to lie to you, it has evoked some kind of existential crisis inside of me of who am I? I even at one point at a, in a moment of like staring at a blank page asked chat GPT who am I and even that couldn't help me <laughs> so it's one of these things isn't it it's almost a bit like if you've ever done online dating writing a profile about yourself is painful you know trying to avoid those cliches trying to make yourself stand out and yet if for example your best friend turned around to you and said I want to start online dating but I don't know how to write about myself I don't I can't sell myself I don't know why anyone would want to be with me I bet that we could jump straight in there and write this amazing not review but like description of them and why they stand out and why they're so special And if I'm honest with you, I actually don't, you know, when it comes to businesses and writing about me pages and your USP, 
I think there's actually a lot of correlation between the two. So what I'm going to do today is share with you the kind of five top tips, I guess, that I would have for any of my clients if they said to me they were struggling with their USP. And then I might listen back to my own podcast and hopefully an About Me page will pop out at the end of this. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive in and go through the different tips that I have for you here. So first of all, the most important thing is to think about what do you find really easy? And don't underestimate this either, because I think sometimes this is a bit of a curse. When you find something really easy, you almost assume that everybody else around you also thinks it's really easy. So let me give you some specific examples of this to help you along the way. So for example, think about the last client that you worked with or the last group that you worked with. Did you have one of those similar moments like I did the other day where they turned around and said something to you like, how do you do this so easily? Or how do you know that? That right there is a huge flag to point out to you that this is something that other people around you might not find as easy to do. So as an example, you know, you might find that you work with clients and you just have this knack or ability to kind of see the gaps in what they're trying to achieve and you can identify it and help them with it. Maybe you've also got resources, especially for example, resources that you've created that really help your clients. Like that right there is not just something that's like a unique selling point. It's also something that you can probably sell as a passive product as well if you're making your own resources and things like that. Think about these situations with your clients and just listen to what they're saying and almost like the compliments that they're giving you and how that kind of makes you stand out. This is a bit of a corporate yawn here, but think about the whole idea of SWOT analysis. Now, I remember doing this in many of my jobs and uh, honestly, I don't know if I ever really got that much from it. So, you know, if we can try and think of a way of jazzing this up a bit, I think that'd be really helpful. But the idea is ultimately it's mainly focusing on like your strengths and weaknesses. So what are you really good at? That kind of comes into the part of like, what do you find really easy? But also maybe thinking about what your quote unquote weaknesses are. So maybe what you don't feel so confident with. So I'll give you like a personal example. So when I was running my education business, I definitely had that feeling when I first started of, I kind of have to offer everything. You know, I'm trying to appeal to everybody. And of course there's so many kind of pitfalls in that. But one of the main things was that English was my sort of speciality, but I also ended up offering a bit of primary maths and I even crept into a bit of secondary school maths as well. Now, the truth is, I am not confident with maths. I've got a million times better in my kind of adult life because, of course, I had to learn it and then teach it. But, you know, back in school, I definitely had that kind of you know, classic student mindset of I'm good at English and I'm not good at maths. Now, the truth is, whilst I could teach it and I understood it and everything else, I didn't enjoy it. It didn't kind of flow from me like English did. So that right there, that sort of weakness that I recognised in myself wasn't that I couldn't teach it, but it was that actually didn't sit comfortably with me was a great way to kind of point me in the direction of actually English is my thing. That is the unique thing that I really want to focus all of my attention on. Another example for you as well is like inside my business now, inside Love Mondays Club. So it's been running now for maybe coming up to sort of two years, roughly. What I found is that me as a person, like I'm an action taker. I like to just get things done, dive in, have a go at it, see, see what happens. I love the kind of experimentation of like marketing and creating things and seeing what works and what people respond to. Off the back of that, that's actually really helped me to evolve and develop my business over the past few months, because what I've realised is that 
I want to do more training and mentoring rather than coaching. And I've kind of felt myself actually pulling away slightly from this idea of being a coach. Because of course, the thing with coaching is that in some ways, it's a little bit more like a sort of counseling skills situation where it's more, you know, asking questions and prompts. And I find with my one-to-one clients in my Accelerate program that our strategy sessions often start off with the sort of coaching questions and just sort of getting the ball rolling but then ultimately they always turn into more of a form of mentoring or training where we sort of dive in and they you know my clients want me to show them how to do things how I've done things in my business that there was a really sort of interesting reflection to me on like the kind of strengths and weaknesses but also as well a lot of this comes back to what you enjoy like both those examples back there also come back to what you enjoy now the next thing kind of carrying on from this is also thinking about your niche So in the last podcast episode, we talked about niche and the importance and how it can help you to grow your business. So one of the main benefits of having a niche is that when somebody asks you, like, who do you work with? So again, this is kind of your uniqueness coming out here. Rather than saying, oh, I I work with everyone or or anyone that will have me, (laughs) which is kind of, I think, the mindset I definitely had when I very first started my business back in the day. Instead, having like a really clearly defined group of people. The one thing that I'll say with finding a niche is that just because you choose a particular group or sort of person that you want to work with right now, you're not committing to that for life. You know, this isn't necessarily what you have to do for the entirety of your business. Because, you know, one of the things with businesses is they're always changing and evolving. But at least trying to get a bit clearer and a bit more specific in the early stages is one going to massively help you with your marketing and your messaging and having that kind of really clear understanding for your audience of like who it is you're there to serve. Picking a niche I know can be really difficult and I could do a sort of whole podcast episode on this but a few things I'll quickly say about it is that when it comes to finding your niche there's got to be a bit of a balance like first of all and I think actually this is one of the most important things is it's got to be about who you want to work with you know who do you enjoy working with because sometimes you know and I found this as well especially my education business like there were kind of like different niches that I knew that I could go into I knew I kind of had the experience and the expertise to do it but they just weren't the kind of families that I wanted to work with I I didn't you know necessarily my, my values didn't necessarily line up with like some of their goals and aims that they wanted for their kids so for me that was kind of one of those things that I had to debate in my mind of like I know this will be really profitable and really good for the kind of like growth and financial side of my business but actually from a personal point of view I know that I'm not going to be very aligned with it and I'm probably not going to enjoy it very much and I think honestly the truth is if you're not happy or not enjoying what you do your business probably isn't going to grow because you're not going to be all in you're not going to be fully in it and committed to it but on the flip side of that you do also have to think about okay well I do have this one group of people I love working with but actually Do those people have the budget to work with me? Do they have the time to work with me? Is there actually, you know, really a need for what I'm thinking about here with this group of people? So there's got to be the balancing act between the two. Another example for you with the whole niche side of things is, you know, especially if you're sitting here feeling a little bit like, oh, but I I don't know what to commit to or I don't necessarily want to commit to something. I think this podcast right now, if you've been listening, you know, for a while, it's been running for just over a year, you'll have probably noticed a little bit of a change in my messaging. So when I first started, I was very much focused on sort of working with tutors and helping them to build tutoring businesses. And that's how I sort of fell into this world of like training and coaching. But actually what I've discovered over time is that first of all, lots of tutors came to me. And ultimately the one thing that I was always training and helping them with 
was marketing and helping them to get themselves out there. And actually over time, I found a lot of those tutors came to me and said they wanted to start tutoring businesses. But then in the quiet one-to-ones would turn around to me and say, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. Help me to not be a tutor and actually start this totally different business. So that right there is an example for you of how actually I, I started off with that niche, but it's actually kind of grown and evolved for me just by serving my clients and listening to them and finding out what it is that they really need. So now I would say, you know, the types of business I work with, I still work with tutors and help them with their marketing. But for me, I find now that I work a lot more with sort of like customer facing businesses. So I love helping businesses, online businesses. They work with customers, they're selling to customers. It's not business to business. Um, And they essentially just want to like build communities and build audiences and, and serve them and really help them. And that's what I love doing. So that for me has how my niche has kind of evolved over time as well. And in some ways it has got a little bit broader, but I also trust the process that I know the more people I'm working with and the more kind of training and support I'm putting out there, the more as well it'll help me to really define kind of like who I can help and what I'm helping them to do. So it's going to be the same for your business as well. And I bet if you're listening to this and you've been in business for a few years now, you can probably look back and see the little twists and turns you've had where things have changed and you've refined it and sort of focused more on things. So the next way to think about sort of defining your unique selling points is also doing a little bit of competitor analysis. So what I mean by this is looking around and kind of looking looking for gaps in the market or kind of areas where you think you can differentiate. Now, it might be that you're kind of looking for these gaps and looking to fill them, or it might even be that you're already filling the gaps and you don't even realise it. (laughs) So one thing I would be doing is going out there and kind of looking at your competitors and thinking, you know, do they offer similar things to me? And if they do, okay, how are they offering it? And, you know, is there a difference between us there? Or even you might find that you're going out there and realising actually hardly anyone's offering what we're offering right now. And that right there is a massive unique selling point for you. Also as well, think about when new customers or new clients come to you. I always think it's really worth asking people like, how did they find you? Or even why did they decide to start working with you? And don't worry, like asking for that kind of feedback is good. It's always going to be good news because they've chosen to work with you. Don't be afraid of that feedback. (laughs) And it's actually going to really help you because what you might think, you know, is that, it's sort of obvious from your job title why they've come to work with you. But actually the the feedback they give you could be quite insightful and also show you, you know, that you're doing something different. So for example, over in our education business, we find lots of people come to us because we do offer a kind of level of like one-to-one teaching and things like that. But ultimately one of the main things we focus on is like empowering the families and the kids to actually kind of study a bit more independently. We give them the resources they need and all the training and everything else. And for us, that model has worked really well. And the feedback we've got from people is that's that's why they wanted to come and work with us. They wanted that flexibility, but they still also wanted the accountability of us checking in with them. So we've kind of created almost a bit of a hybrid model there for it. And, you know, a lot of the feedback that we got from people as to why they wanted to come work with us, again, really helped us to kind of define that USP in our business And also all of our services then evolved around that. And again, it's the same for Love Mondays Club as well. You know, most people said to me the thing that they found really helpful when I first started working back 
sort of back in the day with people was the marketing side of it that's what the, the most they got from it so again that helped me to evolve and specialize and really start to kind of focus on one core part of growing businesses and finally the last example and I guess this sort of follows on from what we were just saying here but think about what do people say about you now there are kind of different ways that you can do this. So from a client point of view, the idea is that you can go out and ask for reviews or potentially if you've already got reviews, have a look through them. And what we're we're looking for essentially is any like common denominators. Like, are there any things that people sort of frequently say about you that have lots of things in common? Now, one thing I do really recommend when it comes to reviews is it is really great to get the kind of public reviews like Google reviews or, you know, the sort of LinkedIn recommendations or things like that or Facebook reviews. However, the problem is that's kind of a blank screen for people to fill in. Sometimes we kind of want to ask them specific questions. So for me now in all of my businesses, I always ask for kind of feedback and reviews when we're sort of halfway through working together. I don't wait until the end. Because also as well, just another quick tip around this is that if there are any problems or if there's anything that's not quite working, it gives you the opportunity to nip it in the bud quite quickly rather than, you know, waiting to the end and then receiving the feedback. And it's a bit like, well, the horse is bolted now. So it's a bit more difficult to resolve the problem. The thing is though, with these reviews, what you want to do is ask that specific question that I mentioned earlier of why did you choose to work with me? Or even what is it you enjoy about working with me? And that right there is going to give you a lot more kind of personal insight into like you and who you are. And again, ultimately feed into this idea of like what your brand is and what your USP is. I also think as well, it's not just about like your clients and things like that. It's also about maybe more in the outside world. Now, I ummed and art about sharing the story with you because the way I'm going to open it is going to make me cringe. <laughs> You can judge me, I judge myself. So when I was in Bali on holiday, so cliche, I know, when we were on holiday, we stayed in this really nice villa and this woman who ran it, she was just so cool. I really loved her. You know, she, I sat every morning, I sat there with her, had a cup of coffee and she just told me all about her life and all the travels, all her travels around the world and everything. And I had a really good chat with her, got on with her really well and was very sad to leave. When we left, it was a, it was an Airbnb and you know, you leave a review about where you stayed and they leave a review about you. When she wrote the review about us, she she described me in this one word that me and my partner laughed about, but it really stuck with me. And even now, six years later, I I still think about it sometimes. She called me voracious. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I did actually have to quickly Google it because at the time I wasn't quite sure exactly what it meant. I was like, is this a compliment? Is this an insult? I'm not quite sure. What I kind of picked up from that was like, you know, basically she was talking about the fact that I am full of the old beans and I can talk for Britain. And generally, if I'm interested in something, I'm all in. I'm really enthusiastic. Like I want to know everything about it. So this poor lady, I probably like chewed her ear off as well while I was chatting to her. But that for me was actually a little bit of a start of the road many, many years ago in getting me to think about like what my USP was. And you know, I can sort of like look back and reflect on it now and see myself and realise like, I'm not the most calm person. I, like I say, I am, when I'm doing something, I'm all in. And actually when I do training and things like that, I have to make sure that I kind of balance things out because, you know, I want to give everybody everything and the kitchen sink all in one go. And that's not always the best way to teach and train as we know. (laughs) But 
for me, it was one of those moments as well that I thought, actually, you know, when I was sat there with her, like I was on holiday, I was so relaxed as we are, you know, I didn't have a care in the world. I was just chatting away. And that was also another little moment where I thought, I think it's really worth looking back and thinking like when when I'm at my happiest, when I'm most relaxed, when I, you know, almost don't have my guard up and I'm just being me, like how do people describe me? Because I think another thing as well, right, when it comes to a USP and I think actually this is probably one of the most important things is like your USP is you being authentically you because the reality is if we try to be something we're not, if we try to meet other people's expectations that they have of us that maybe aren't actually true of ourselves, it's not, we're not going to feel very aligned. And that's going to come across in our messaging. It's kind of like I said earlier, like if you're not fully in something, you're probably not going to put all your effort into it, or it's just not going to grow, or the whole process is going to feel crunchy and uncomfortable. So I think a massive thing with your USP as well is just thinking about like what makes you you and owning it, being confident with it, like trusting in yourself that like this is also what other people are going to like about you. It's that whole thing, isn't it? You know, like if you are enthusiastic and excitable and love what you do, like don't dim your light. Don't kind of like try and hide it from people. Instead, embrace it because that kind of happy, positive energy is what's going to attract people to you. Okay, so I hope you found this helpful. My main takeaway, I guess, for today as well is if you are struggling a bit with this, with thinking about your USP, remember that you will probably forever be tweaking and refining your messaging all the time. Because this is also another thing of marketing, you know, and I say this to all my clients, we can't necessarily sit down and write out like your about me page, you know, your sales pages, all this sort of stuff, all your kind of marketing messaging. Like it will hopefully definitely work at the moment if we get the messaging right and, you know, we're talking to the right people when we've got our audience defined and everything else. But the reality is in six months time, a year's time, the online world changes, our audiences change. Sometimes marketing tactics that kind of work now, people become a bit more savvy with them and they don't work so much anymore. So we always have to be constantly changing and refining these things. And that in itself means that also your USP can kind of change and evolve with it, with you and your business and all of your strategies that go along. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing next week's episode with you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.